Welcome and thank you for joining us for Let's Hear It, FocusWire's first LinkedIn audio event. This is episode one, how ChatGPT will transform the travel industry. Hello, I'm FocusWire Editor-in-Chief Mitra Sorrells. We are really excited to try this format for a live event and I am especially looking forward to hearing from our three guests who I know will have thought-provoking ideas about ChatGPT and who I also want to thank for being brave enough to be part of our first go-round of LinkedIn audio. So let's begin. I am not going to waste time with long introductions because I suspect most of you are familiar with our guests. If not, you can click on their profile to learn more. But briefly, we have Paul English, co-founder of Kayak and many other startups. Shane O'Flaherty, Microsoft's Global Director of Travel, Transportation and Hospitality and Rajesh Naidu, Expedia Group's Senior Vice President and Chief Architect. Welcome to all of you. So we have all seen the news about ChatGPT uh, coming fast and furious since it launched November 30th. I'd like to start by asking for a prediction from each of you. Will this technology transform the way travel brands operate and the way consumers search and book, or is the hype we're hearing now going to fade? On a scale of one to 10, with one being it's just a fad, just a fancy chatbot, and 10 being it will fundamentally transform the industry. As the title of our event says, let's hear it. Paul, what's your number? It's got, it's pretty high. It's probably seven or eight. I think you know a lot of travel companies are valued by the user experience, what it looks like, what the brand stands for, how you interact with the product. And this is going to completely change how people interact with travel products. Okay. Well, we will certainly dig into that a bit more. Shane, what, what's your number? Well, I'm Microsoft, so it has to be a 10. Uh, <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think the most exciting part of uh, where it's going is then the whole AI family, cognitive services family, as you, as you stitch all of this together, whether it's vision, speech, language, decision, chat bots, open AI, kind of open AI services, you stitch it all together, it will fundamentally change um both the consumer and then more importantly as well on the employee experience as well to drive uh productivity okay interesting and rajesh uh, i would say i'll be in a similar situation of a high number of a six to seven in my case and i think similar to what the other guests have said uh, there's certainly opportunities where it makes sense to enhance the experience for travelers and partners See those opportunities, I believe, at Expedia Group. We will certainly look at ways to incorporate ChatGPT and generative AI in general uh, into what we do. Okay, and we definitely want to hear more about that. Um, let's um, get into our discussion with Paul. I know you have been talking about ChatGPT quite a bit here on LinkedIn, and you recently pointed out that you see the real value as coming from the thin layers that are going to be built on top of OpenAI's technology, similar to the way Kayak was a thin layer on, built on top of ITA software. Can you talk to us a bit more about what you foresee happening? Yeah, I mean, I think the if you're doing a B2C business and travel, the most important thing is your brand and that interface between your deep tech and the end user and the traveler or the travel purchaser. And I think now with ChatGPT, it's gonna change everything in terms of how you're able to express what you want. In the past, user interfaces were designed to teach users how to think like a computer. You have this very constrained form. 
and the computer says, please, you have to tell me your date. Then you have to tell me if you want one stop or nonstop. Then you have to answer all these questions to form. And now people can express either by typing or by speaking exactly what they want. So it's really going to change everything in terms of what the interface looks like. And do you, I, I think I saw where you had said you expect to see thousands of startups and solutions built on top of this. Are, are, are you developing anything in this realm? I am. I have, I'm running a small venture studio right now called Boston Venture Studio. And the app where I'm spending most of my time on right now is Deets, like show me the Deets. And we're a recommendation platform for dining events and travel. Right now, it's just dining in Boston and New York, but we're launching events and travel this summer. And we are building on top of ChatGPT just to give people a much simpler interface for initially for dining. So you can say, I want a romantic Italian restaurant with, you know, spacious and not too loud. And you, you just speak the way you want, think about your event. And ChatGPT is going to help us figure out the right keywords to find the right restaurant, the right event for that consumer. Okay. Shane, I know that Microsoft has been investing in and working with OpenAI for about four years and in late January announced a new multi-year, multi-billion dollar investment in the company with plans to deploy the technology across consumer and enterprise products. So you specifically liaise with hotels, airlines, cruise companies, and of course I know Microsoft has a fairly extensive partnership with Amadeus for the last couple of years. Where do you see the greatest potential for those partners with this technology? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with everything Paul said. And um, I mean, the areas that we're seeing a lot of interest around this technology, you know, as an, as an example in the call centers, you know, how do I drive better customer satisfaction, better answers quicker? And like Paul said, you know, understanding the customer sentiment, both both from the both sides, uh, the consumer answering the questions quicker or getting answers to the questions quicker. And then the the process with deep learning, it's the, the AI agent is constantly learning. And then on the other side, um, on the employee side, you can see the productivity of your employee and how does that drive, um, you know, more operational efficiency, which ultimately saves you money. So in a lot of, whether it's sales, marketing, you know, next best action, you know, into your CRM, it grabs stuff out of your CRM, it could pull it out. It can respond to um, you know an email that may have taken you ten or fifteen minutes to create. The the um, the ChatGPT can pull into CRM and generate a response, and you can it more in a draft form, and then you could uh, you know work uh, on fine tuning it. But I think from a productivity side, uh, at an enterprise level, from an employee perspective, you know, and and the challenges in staffing in our industry as a whole. You know, how do you do more with less? And this type of technology, which is essentially has been built on for decades from AI in the 50s to machine learning in the 90s to deep learning in, you know, in the 2010, 2020 range. Uh, so it's been built on uh, significantly. But this is the first time we've really, I don't know, democratized AI to a certain extent. Right. And this new computing platform really is what it is. And how do we help uh, organizations empower them with this tech? Um, to drive a better customer experience and a better employee experience and better handle on their operations. And are, are you hearing a lot of uh, not only interest, but activity from your partners about starting to work with this? Yeah, probably. I mean, I've been at Microsoft eight years. Um, you, you know, the metaverse was a huge buzzword, uh, you know, in the last year and a half, <laughs> right. two years. Um, and it, it, it likened that yet the, even the concept of even as you blend, uh, as example, the metaverse with, chat GBT and you have these embodied agents moving forward around potentially the booking process. Um, someone can walk into the metaverse and talk to kind of a, 
a travel agent, a virtual travel agent, essentially. But your AI agent is talking to their AI agent long term, and they're creating the best journey for you possible, which, uh, you know, goes back to this concept we've always been talking about is, you know, this idea of personalization of one. Um, right, you know, now right. you can do this together holistically. So, yeah, fascinating. So, yes. Uh, Number one conversation, um, you know, and, and really trying to define what are good use cases that right. drive value and keeping that use cases super narrow in the beginning and then, you know, developing that moving forward, a little larger use cases. Yeah, I, I feel like there's just so much learning happening every day with this. It's it's just been fascinating to watch. Uh, Rajesh, I know earlier this week at FocusWire, we reported on Trip.com integrating ChatGPT into its app to help with trip planning. And recently on Expedia Group's earnings call, I heard Peter Kern say that he sees the biggest value in terms of personalization. How are you thinking about this technology for brand Expedia? Certainly. Thank you, Mitra. So I think, you know, Expedia Group being a technology company that powers travel, both for individual travelers as well as our B2B network of partners, we feel they're great opportunities, specifically around the example that Peter gave on personalization. I think what we feel is we can offer enhanced personalization. Uh, each traveler has different preferences, needs, and abilities. And we feel that by being able to use generative AI, we could help create new content that's more personalized. And today we already have a number of ML models that drive personalization to build different personas. We do use our historical data on traveler behavior to have these different personas built. And then we do both personalization of images and messaging. And I think to some of the earlier comments, we feel like with this enhanced personalization, yeah, with the enhanced personalization, we can create curated trips where we feel like not just a trip itinerary, but you could actually identify destinations, hotels, flights, and activities, et cetera, based on those personal preferences. And if you have any additional personal preferences, like let's say you need high-speed internet or you need wheelchair access, how can we weave that in so to give you those specific recommendations that can help boost the, uh, your travel trip and your whole itinerary experience for sure? Yeah, I mean, it certainly sounds to me like this potentially starts to create, become kind of the holy grail for personalization, uh, really led by the traveler with unlimited parameters. Is, is that kind of what, what you're thinking? Well, what we want to do is we want to make sure we don't just keep it wide open with unlimited parameters, right? Because with personalization, we really want to understand the preferences and the personas of the individual and tailor the results and tailor the experience for them. Uh, rather than keeping it wide open and not having them to sift through all the information to figure out what makes sense. So we are doing this today where we personalize the home page, for example, on our brand site with the images, content, and the layout that is specific to the traveler based on their past history and interactions with us. And I think if we get the preferences and we, we have the opt-in from the travelers, we should be able to offer uh, better insights. The other thing is with our loyalty program, for example, knowing where they are in the journey, we could have nudges to push them to say, you can use your loyalty rewards for certain bookings and uh, give that experience. So I would say sp specifically looking at the information and the data and tailoring the experience to them. Yeah, and, and just to add, I was going to add to Rajesh's yeah. comment. I mean, I think some of the white space in travel, as we know, is, um, you know, hotels do a good job and, you know, marketing or in the funnel, the sales funnel. But once you make the booking, then you're this in, in journey experience. When you stay at a hotel today, you kind of walk in, you know, you may have your mobile key, but then you're it's kind of a self-service digital environment. You're on your own. 
Um, so this, the exciting part, I think as well, in addition to what Rajesh says, is this in-journey orchestration where the AI agents are working together really to drive uh, and providing you kind of microtransactions of content to make your journey a better journey. And I think that's a missing white space in the hotel space, as an example, or even an airline when you're beyond the notion of, um, you know, a, a flight disruption uh, at the airport. Well, what can I do at the airport? Can you tell me what I can do in the next 45 minutes since I'm stuck here for 45 minutes? So anyway, this in-journey orchestration, I think is super exciting for the consumer around this concept of personalization, which is really white space. Yeah. And if I may add, I think, you know, with the mobile phone in your hands, the context and the being context aware can help drive those curated tailored experiences in the moment. And from simple things like notifications, if your flight is delayed to things that you could do if you're going to be delayed versus, and also what you can do at your next destination, because you also know exactly where the traveler is in their journey if they use the phone. What about um, how important is it or are you thinking about brand voice in, in the use case here? Because, you know, I'm sure um, all most, if not all of us heard about the situation with Kevin Roos from The New York Times with his interaction with what was called Sydney, kind of flipping between a, a cheerful librarian and then a bit more of a moody persona. How, how much um, discussion or uh, emphasis is there going to be on developing a clear brand voice for those that are using this? I think we'll have an easier time than the initial implementation of ChatGPT and Bing has had because Bing and ChatGPT intentionally tried to be wide open and as an experiment, you know, limited release, want to see anything someone could ask. If you look at applications within travel, we're going to be a bit more directed. So we're not going to ask you about, you know, if you had Valentine's dinner with your wife or whatever the <laughs> questions were with the New York Times article. We're going to ask right. you about travel. And we think because of that, we won't have the problems that the wide open systems have demonstrated. I think adding on to what Paul just said, I think for us at Expedia Group, the key is to keep the interactions more task focused and close ended. And I think this would help prevent some of those uh, open-ended conversations and the unusual and uncomfortable results that could come out of the interactions. Okay. Shane? Yeah, I think I think once you get from a from a hotel, airline, whatever, travel company, but getting your arms around your data and your data state, what you're offering to the consumer, it becomes a much more controlled environment as opposed to kind of the wide open um you know where it is to a certain extent today but I, I think the more controlled it gets then the better use cases you get the more defined it gets um i think ultimately it drives uh, much more personalization um and less issues associated with kind of this constant learning we are in the machine learning models okay we do have a few people that want to ask questions before i, I jump to that i do just want to ask you know any thoughts from any of you about what this potentially does to the, the broader question of search, um, you know, will we start to see chat GPT optimization in effect separate from traditional SEO? And, and what might this do to Google's dominance? I think that Bing has done an awesome demonstration of rather than asking a question, getting a list of links you have to click through and making me the user do a lot of work. Um, Bing has shown that by having GPT with the index of billions, you know, hundreds of billions of documents, it can actually give me the answer without making me do the additional work. I think that is gonna change search. I mean, clearly there are some problems right now because it's early in this development. I'm confident that those problems will be fixed, 
And I think that Google and everyone else is going to have to respond with similar types of products. Yeah. Rajesh or Shane, any other thoughts on that topic? Yeah, I think, you know, like uh, Paul mentioned, I think uh, the democratization and disintermediation of search is probably going to be something we have to look at. At the end of the day, it's going to come back to how are you helping enhance or augment that experience, specifically in the case of travel with the traveler. And I think um, it is going to be something we'll have to watch closely. But I think the important thing is there's always been disruption in the space, right? I mean, Alexa did not replace Google. Uh, Bing as a third-party challenger could displace Google and uh, as gatekeeper at the top of the funnel. So I think it's definitely an interesting space. And I think for travelers, we have to make it easier. And I think, you know, uh, something where we'll have to just see how the market evolves over the coming days and weeks. Yeah, and potentially will we be seeing suppliers like hotels and airlines learning how to optimize their content then for these large language models? Yeah, I think there's certainly an opportunity there. And I think uh, just like we've done today, even when it comes to search and within search where you surface um, recommendations and you know how you can uh, do the curated search. So for example, I think one of the things that we've looked at is how can we push the things that travelers really like to the top and how can the search results be surfaced so that when somebody is uh, shopping, so we use a product called Smart Shopping on our site. And what we do is we use the AI today to read through millions of the rate descriptions. We pull out the key attributes and surface them. So example, some folks are interested in searching by room features. Some others may want to look at breakfast included. Some others may want to look at other upgrades. So how do we surface those results? So all of that information, those rate descriptors and attributes are already there in the content. And so the, there is work that we do on our end to surface this through smart shopping. So I think, you'd, I don't know if necessarily they have to curate and create content specifically. Some of that onus is going to fall on an Expedia group to surface that information. Okay, let's get to a question. We have, oh, here we go, Christian. Hey, thanks, Mitra. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, the, you know, a couple of you have mentioned the democratization of, um, of one AI and, and the second one of, I think, some of the tools. But I'm just thinking about this about the startups. So Shane mentioned this this blank space of when people are in destination or, or in transit. And that's kind of a connected trip, right, which Booking and Expedia have talked about for years and hasn't really happened. So maybe particularly for Rajesh, do you, do you worry about startups? Because this democratization has now enabled every startup on the planet to have access to these tools, which may be some large OTAs have spent a couple of decades developing. So startups can now move 10, 20, 50 times the speed. So do you worry about startups now? I, I know you're always looking at startups, but is this a big concern? Because the oh, companies can't move so quickly? I think startups and industry disruption, Christian, have always been there. I, I think it's a great opportunity to bring new technologies to the market. In fact, one of the things we have at Expedia Group is we have open world and we have an open world accelerator program. So we are actually looking to partner with startups, incubate startups and provide them with the infusion of technology or capital as needed to help propel things. And we are democratizing the development of capabilities on our open world platform. So we are hoping that we can actually steer these startups to come develop on our platform and make this technology available for others in the travel industry as well as for Expedia Group. So I think we really want to look at partnership opportunities over here. And we're always scanning the market to see what opportunities are there to partner with, uh, with startups and others. So I think uh, it's a great opportunity that I look forward to. 
Thanks for the question, Christian. Appreciate that. Let me move on. I just have a question uh, for Shane. I know, uh, really for anyone that wants to answer, but Shane, I know Microsoft has been doing a lot of work around decentralized identity, self-sovereign identity for some time. In how could this potentially integrate with that? And, and again, does this really start to move toward that more control in the hands of the travelers? Well, I, I think when what Christian meant it around the connected journey, which is in a missing element uh, for a frictionless journey for the consumer across all of these different silos. I mean, airlines and airports don't even talk sometimes. Um, so this idea of moving from a uh, like data silos and private parks into public parks, this idea of uh, kind of this data ecosystem and exchange. I think when you look at decentralized ID, I mean, it, it, and I think travel providers always say, well, who owns the customer? Well, you know, we think the customer should own the, themselves and their own data. So um, I think moving forward around decentralized ID, I own my own data personally in a blockchain or whatever type of Web 3.0 technology. And then I'll permission brands into my world. I'll permission... Uh, a hotel company, an airline, uh, an OTA, because they're managing my entire ecosystem of, of um, my travel, a Starbucks. So as I permission those into my world, I'll exchange data with them, their AI agent, and my AI agent will um, exchange data to my, make my journey a better journey. But fundamentally, we are we're we believe that the consumer long term should own their own data and no one else. And I think that would solve this connected journey. Because you always think in the connected journey, well, who's who owns the customer? Well, you got the airline, you got the hotel, you got the Uber. In the future, you'll have uh, Volocopter or air taxis. So this concept of decentralized is probably a huge, huge area um, of focus for Microsoft long term, because we ultimately believe the consumer should own their own information. Okay, super interesting. Let's. I'm going to give another shot at a question here. We have Mode Amer. I hope I said your name correctly from Airbnb. Let me see if I can get you. Enabled to speak. Thank you, Mitra. Hi, what's um, your question? Yeah, I was just uh, concerned about um, if uh, ChatGPT uh, or any gen uh, generative um, bot is um, associated or is uh, integrated into a platform and the consumers end up using it, uh, will there be a warning for them to not share their sensitive information with the bot because these bots are based on like machine learning and they do store your conversational data to use it for further improving the model. So will there be any steps taken to ensure that uh, no sensitive information is being shared by the users? And if the sensitive information is shared accidentally, uh, what steps they can take to have that um, deleted from the system? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Certainly there's a lot around privacy and security issues. We could probably do a whole separate a whole separate uh, show on that. But yeah, any any response to, to his question? Uh, so there's two, Mo, there's two things to be done for that. One is the application itself can look for sensitive information like a credit card number or whatever mm -hmm. other personal identifiable information to protect and not send that in to the underlying platform. And then the other thing, the underlying platform, I mean, today this was set up to talk about ChatGPT, but we know there are competitive platforms coming out every week. Um, and those platforms need to have segmented data per app that's not shared with other apps. So I'm sure that's what we're gonna be seeing with GPT and with other competitive platforms to come out. I think just adding on to what Paul, 
Paul said, I would say that, you know, as companies look at this, you certainly have to uh, understand the data privacy, the data implications. Uh, we have established a data council and an architecture guild at Expedia Group specifically around this to understand what data is collected even today in our interactions. And similar to the examples Paul said, whether it be a uh, credit card number or somebody giving their trusted traveler number or social security number and other things, I think you have to def definitely have the disclaimer and the warning uh, for the traveler as they're interacting. But then what are your processes to ensure that the data is not propagated down into the wrong places? Okay. Thank you for that question. Um, I see my former Focusrite colleague and now with Deloitte, Maggie Roush. Let me move you up to speak. If you have a question, can you unmute? Yeah, I'm, I'm curious about the question of trust. Mitra raised the, the inevitability of, uh, you know, companies and platforms working, you know, what's the, the new SEO for this? But then when you think about the consumer experience, um, you know, trust seems key when you're saying, I'm giving you the answer versus five links you might want to try. Um, how, how do you see that getting balanced as, um, as this develops? so that people keep on trusting the results. I mean, I, I, I think the, the cons and at Microsoft around responsible AI associated with safety, security, privacy, and everything is inclusive of that inside our platform. But it's, uh, you know, I, I think it's a very, it's, it's a great question. It, it, the, the model learns and it learns from all interactions um, and providing you, um, you know, the, the appropriate information where appropriate. But I think the, you know, it's, it, it I, I think it's just we will constantly learn moving forward, but understanding the current principles that we have today around trust, and then how do we apply this into this kind of next computing kind of world platform? I think we'll continue to learn, evolve, and tweak as we move forward. But it's a great question. Thanks, Jay. Yeah, I think just adding on uh, over here, I would say that you know today we already are doing some of this with our AIML models, which are training on the travel data specifically to boost the accuracy of the recommendations. I think the trust factor is also going to be bi-directional, like we talked about earlier. There is an element of preferences and opt-in from the travelers that have to be honored and respected, and you have to then search within the the confines of some of the constraints that the travelers themselves are putting on you. So you're not giving them recommendations on things which they have definitely not opted in to share with you. So I think that's going to be some of the things that you have to do to increase. And, you know, today, uh, like using a virtual agent with us, that is actually built on training. And we feel that we're continuing to improve that experience. And hopefully with generative AI, we can have more meaningful, rich conversations, specifically, again, task focused and close ended. I think that's going to be an important thing over here. Okay, super interesting. We have a lot, a lot of interesting questions. So we're going to try another one here. We have Bavani Aragella. Again, I, ho I hope I'm saying your name correctly from Amadeus. Let me enable you to speak. Yes, thank you for that. So we hear a lot uh, from a traveler perspective that we would enhance his experience uh, in multiple ways. But where do we stand and see when it comes uh, in terms of uh, B2C companies, uh, like from a travel agent perspective or a distribution point of view? How would uh, this open AI would impact? Thoughts about use cases in that, that B2C realm with the agents? I think it's a fair question about what the future of agents is going to look like because some ways that people use agents today will be, you'll be able to do that using an AI such as ChatGPT or something else. 
And, you know, we know that there's a saying that you're not going to be, your job won't be replaced by AI, it'll be replaced by someone who uses AI. So we're assuming that the travel agents of 2023 and beyond will be using AI themselves, but some of those conversations will be handled by the AI itself without having to go to the human agent. Okay, um, let's see, we have, I, I see Terry Jones here, founder of Travelocity. Quick question for Paul. Paul, you and I both had AI companies who tried this 10 years ago. Um, we know how hard it was. Uh, I think the majors will be able to do this, but I, I'm working with a small company that's about to launch ChatGPT on top of a booking engine. Do you think the smaller companies will be able to do this or will they have to go to somebody to do it for them? I absolutely think that the GPT APIs will allow small startups with just a handful of engineers to build compelling apps on top of it. I don't, I mean, the, the point of OpenAI is it's a platform. It's not really an application company. They're trying to make this platform for other people. I know that Google's going to be doing the same thing. So I do think that's a group of small engineers will be able to build very compelling apps on top of platforms like this. Yeah. It's it's potentially just a really exciting time in the industry, isn't it, with this technology? Oh, yeah, absolutely. No question about it. On, on all sides, on the consumer side and on the employee side. You know, one of the things um, that I've been uh, thinking about and I'm reading a bit about is this question of policy catching up with the technology. Um, do, do you think we're going to start to see some of that and maybe some more um, thought to again, some of these privacy and security issues or regulations? Yeah, Mitra, I think uh, AI is a relatively new space. And I feel like, you know, we are following the progress being made in the US and in the EU. There's an AI Act, I think, that was uh, coming uh, that came out in late 2021. I think to ensure that this, this technology is used in a positive way for society, right? I think that is the big thing. So yes, uh, we have to watch the space. I think uh, there's probably some form of governance just like everything else around data that we eventually caught up with so we are definitely closely following uh, the uh, progress and way we can contribute towards helping shape the standards and the policies we definitely are wanting to lean in from an expedia group perspective okay. yeah and every i mean from a microsoft perspective i mean everything we've designed um you know our our, our platform is to do it responsibly um you know with like we said earlier safety security and privacy in mind at the very at the very forefront of all of this right okay let's try for another question we have catherine i believe from travelport let me allow you to speak you might need to unmute to ask your question hi catherine hi 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 everyone um my question is uh in regards to the ndc the airline introducing the ndc and uh the gds now trying to get also being an um ndc distributor what's the future of that with chat GPT and what is the value add for the GDS and the NDC? Well, I, I, I think it's, I mean, I think it's a perfect fit. It's this idea that more moving to more of a retailing platform and having this disparate different things that I can uh, stitch together and the AI agent can help stitch that together both from, from both sides of the coin. And uh, as a consumer, I can express, hey, here are the things I want to do, and someone can stitch it together through, let's say, the next-gen NDC platforms. I, I, I think it's a perfect match for something like that. Okay, great. Thank you very much for that question. Uh, let's get in. We're, we're going a little bit over time, but we're going along so well. We'll let this go a few more minutes. Let me enable Stuart. 
I know you've uh, talked quite a bit about this as well. I've seen on LinkedIn, so curious to hear what your question might be. I'd love to ever get everyone's take on the chat GPT being the ultimate meta and tending toward commoditization. So how do you get your hotel or your tour and where is it being pulled from an OTA, from the actual supplier, from 10 other sites? So the notion of how do you then distinguish or have your product or service stand out when maybe only three or five results are being presented? Stuart, I think the rules of SEO have to be rewritten completely. I mean, Google started the SEO journey with PageRank, seeing that a rather quote unquote high value sites linking to your page and that determined what appears high in the results. There's a lot of other things that Google added over the years, such as does your site look clean? Is it fast, et cetera, et cetera. I think there has not been a lot of transparency with ChatGPT about how it's using one source versus another. I think we need a lot more transparency in the AI field so we can see that. And the new quote unquote SEO algorithms or maybe it's AI, um, AI optimization algorithms need that transparency so they can see how one source will get promoted more than another. Yeah, I, I do think this is going to be kind of the really big question that we have to see how it all develops. Uh, Shane or Rajesh, any any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think, again, we, we've got to see how this space evolves. Certainly, um, I feel like planning a trip is more than just a conversation and an itinerary, right? Travelers still care about the details, the efficiency, that seamless end-to-end -end experience. And we really have to see how, like right now, I know a lot of, a lot of people are still on the wait list to demo Bing, and it's early to gauge the public perception and adoption. But I think certainly as we learn more, we'll have to look at how our results being surfaced. And at the end of the day, uh, is the traveler able to find exactly what they wanted and how can we offer that in the most seamless way for them? Yeah, I, I'm one of those people still on the wait list, actually. Shane, maybe you can help with that. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> From the line access. Yeah. Yeah. Did, did you want to uh, respond to anything? No, I, yeah. I mean, I, I, it, it'll allow to my expertise in the, in the search area. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I think this is going to be our final question. Uh, we have Massimo Morin from Amazon Web Services. Let me enable you to speak. Uh, hi. Hi, everybody. Uh, with a high look to book, browsing and shopping for travel has been computationally intensive. With the use of ChatGPT, are you seeing the look to book increasing, decreasing, staying the same? And how do you see the technology coping with it? I would say that if we can get more information from an open-ended search, we can deliver better results faster without you having to then modify and say, what if I needed a hotel with handicapped access? What if I needed a hotel with you know, free breakfast? Instead of doing iterative searching, if you can get all the parameters in up front, that will help look to book ratio. Hey, Massimo, this is Rajesh. I think uh, in addition, I would say, just adding on to what Paul said over here, I think that personalization that we talked about and the loyalty that we talked about, I think there are preferences and things that travelers can opt in with, which will help. And that should hopefully help speed up the process, but you still may have to declare some intent up front. And we need to make sure we're capturing that intent correctly so we don't have this back and forth thing, which could be really computer computing in, in, intensive. Um, and so I think there's more work to be done, even on the front end experience shaping of that. Uh, sometimes in the context of a uh, service request, 
I think you have a little bit more context coming into it, so you're able to do that. But when you're doing a brand new search for travel, I think there's still some work we can do to improve that. Excellent. Thank you so much, guys. Okay, wonderful. Well, certainly there's still obviously plenty more to talk about on this topic, but we are running out of time. I think one of the interesting things that is occurring to me as I'm listening to all of this is, of course, it's never going to be less smart than it is today, right? So uh, it's certainly going to be interesting to see how this develops and how it gets put to use across the industry. Can we maybe just wrap up, um, Paul, Rajesh, and Shane, any kind of final thought on this topic that you would want to share, or maybe any, you know, to kind of to bring it back to what we started with at the beginning, as far as whether it will transform the industry, any kind of out of the box idea or big dream that you potentially see developing down the road? I just want to reiterate, Mitra, what you just said, that it's not going to become less smart. Um, a lot of cynics have pointed out the problems that exist in the initial implementation of ChatGPT and in Bing, but these problems will be fixed. I'm confident that this is going to change everything. Yeah, I, I think Paul's, Paul, Paul's comments. I mean, it, it, this is not, it's not magical stuff, but the, it, it, you know, ChatGPT is super clever. It's always learning. It's always fine tuning. I think for, for enterprises, it's really looking at the technology, ideating on what, what if, and then really defining some narrow use cases that can drive increased productivity or consumer conversion. You know, in the short term, I think uh, more of a narrow focus, uh, that's where you'll see the value in the short term. Yeah, certainly. I think, you know, a couple of things is one of the things in travel, which is certainly a complex industry, but we also have a lot of legacy tech. So we need to make sure that we're all doing our part to uplift our technology because we need that solid technology foundation and the fundamentals to be in place so that we can serve up higher quality data. And the other piece I would say is uh, for companies, we have to create an AI ready culture throughout the company. Uh, everything from the people, having the right leaders, the organizational structure, addressing fears around AI uh, to processes and to thoroughly integrate all of this to generate uh, generative AI. So I think it's important to have the culture also something that uh, companies should be working on. Okay. Well, please, uh, for everyone listening, remember that FocusWire will be closely following and reporting on this topic. So please go to focuswire.com to subscribe to our e-newsletter so you can receive all of our updates in your inbox every morning. And I do hope to see many of you at the FocusWrite Europe event in June in our new city of Barcelona, where we will have the latest on ChatGPT and generative AI for travel. Thanks to our guests, Paul, Rajesh, and Shane, and thanks to all of you for listening. Until next time, I'm Mitra Sorrells. Goodbye.